Dear TSPHC Army, the following episode will contain discussion of rape and child molestation. If that is a subject that is touchy for you, we understand. We're just giving you that warning at the beginning. You're listening to the Superpod Hero Cast, a night shift radio production. Hey, man, uh, out of curiosity, you shared with me that you found the file. Oh. Like what was the we're gonna we're gonna break this up? Well, we're gonna break this up? Okay. you know, I, you know, they probably heard a very natural and organic episode one twenty, uh, whatever, uh, one twenty eight, and they didn't hear an awkward stilted. Let's try and recreate what we were doing uh, a second go around. Um, and thank goodness, because that oh, that was rough. It, <laughs> that will never see the light of yeah, day. Nothing. Yeah, there we weren't we weren't making gold there. <laughs> uh, d- uh, we'll find out who visited Jeffrey Epstein's island before we find out yeah. anything else. Oh, hello. Hello. And welcome to the Superpod Hero Cast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Episode 129. I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And, and we, we watched, watched Split. No subtitles, no nothing. No, just Split. It's a but totally it's standalone split. movie that's not yeah, related to I, I any mean, other movie. We certainly didn't get a previously because this doesn't no. connect to any other movie ever. No, it sure doesn't. No, I, no, 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 no. You know, I have a note at the end, but well, this is got to go up there as one of the great secrets that did not get spoiled. Yeah, I said it during Here at Large, yeah. the actual one that's being released, that uh, I didn't see this in the theaters because I was still on that Ooh, and my Shyamalan mm-hmm. has got to do some work to get back in my good graces. And I just didn't see it. And then, you know, all the reviews were like, it's so amazing. It's so good. I'm like, fine, I'll see it. I watched <laughs> it. I enjoyed it. But then the twist that happens at the end, I went, wait, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> we're doing this? <laughs> so uh, agree. I don't know how this did. Well, actually, I do know how it didn't get spoiled. The cameo was left out of screenings, like the test screenings and stuff right yeah um it was held very close to the chest and i saw this sentence as i was doing some research on it i'm on the wikipedia page uh quoting it has it the movie has also been described as hollywood hollywood's first stealth sequel with the hollywood reporter calling the ending calling the ending reveal one of the most shocking surprises in cinematic history and i don't absolutely i think that's if anything underselling how big it was i remember audibly gasping i was in the i saw this in the theaters i think and thanks for not spoiling it for me yeah and i remember like visibly being visibly shocked like oh my god my my jaw was on the floor when should we say the spoiler now yeah i mean we don't have to take because it's interesting stuff last opportunity to not get spoiled if you haven't watched the movie and you're listening bail right now Five, four, <laughs> three, two, one. This is an unbreakable sequel. Yes. David Dunn shows up at the end of this fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, not, you know, you, you can pretty much figure it now because Glass has been released. But, I mean, you and I have talked many times about our hatred of the people who put together movie trailers and reveal 
critical plot points, surprises, twists in those trailers. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, clearly. So pretty much anyone who's ever done a Terminator trailer because (laughs) they've spoiled the big twist, not twist, but the big thing in every single one of those. Sure. In Terminator 2, it showed that Arnold was the good Terminator. Yep. In Rise of the Machines, we had the female Terminator. The only thing that wasn't spoiled in Rise of the Machines, uh, since we're in spoiler land. Sure. The end of Terminator Rise of the Machines takes that movie from subpar to actually a decent movie. Because, it's, it, spoiler, thank God for that fucking God for judgment that day happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and you're like, what just happened? Well, not, not only the fact that judgment day happens, the fact that the Terminator's mission to protect John was really just to get him into a bunker when it happened so he would be alive. I, th- yeah, that it was, yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. But then, like, Genesis was spoiled by the fact that John is the Terminator that comes back. Sure. Um, and then I've stopped, Dark wa- Fate. I've stopped watching them. I hate to say it. Like, and I, and I, Dark, oh, you haven't seen Dark Fate? I, I definitely started to watch it. Is that, it's an alternate, it's like a multiverse almost, right? It's an alternate Sarah Connor, right? No, no, no. That's Genesis with, um, Daenerys. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, Dark Sarah Fate Con- is the return of Linda Hamilton, right? Yes. And it's. Todd, it's good. But that's also, it's, isn't that also like an alternate future? Like it's not the... It is It is ignoring, it is taking the alternate ending of Terminator 2, where it shows Sarah as an old woman. Yeah, yeah. It's taking that kind of, kind of taking that and ignoring Genesis and Salvation. Got it. So ignoring, and Rise of the Machines ignoring even. X-Men 3, X-Men United. That's not a bad plan. It's not a bad plan. Well, first of all, X Men 3's subtitle was The Last Stand. Uh, the Last Stand. Yeah. Yes. X Men 2 was X Men United. United. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but secondly, yeah. But instead of just ignoring one bad movie, it's ignoring three <laughs> bad movies. <laughs> they did a they did a triple jump. You see. That's, uh, and Dark Fate's actually good. I I I recommend it. Okay. All right. If you like the Terminator franchise, but were frustrated by everything past T two, mm-hmm. like. Oh, I do see that. I wonder if that's because that's like it's got to be legacy. Uh, James Cameron gets a story by, but I'm sure that's the nod back to the original. I'm sure it's Larcona. It's a Larcona uh, boilerplate that if you created characters, I'm sure in all the rest of them it says it. Yeah, he may have, I, and I think actually I think he may have had it like a a hand in shaping it because I think he was going to make a Terminator movie after that, but now he's fucking stuck in Pandora for the rest of his life. Why? Why? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. At the request of Miller, Tim Miller, franchise creator James Cameron subsequently joined the project, Terminator Dark Fate. Cameron had written, directed, and co-written the first two Terminator films. Yeah. Oh, right. It's Tim Miller, the guy who directed uh, Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it's good. I'd I'd recommend it. Cameron, uh, as producer, Cameron was involved in pre-production and script work. And provided also provided his input on the project. Oh, I take that back. That must also, that, and honestly, that must uh, be why you say it's a good movie. And I'm glad we. I know you didn't because I was getting away with the big spoiler in that, and I won't. Okay, all right, okay, because <laughs> it's it's a big one. Oh, I'm, oh so I'm going to have to go pretty, back and finish the movie then. I definitely well, started. I started. No, I think I I think I started this one too because I remember Sarah Connor. I remember Linda Hamilton showing up. Linda Hamilton and Mackenzie, the blonde with the short hair. Mackenzie yeah, she's Davis. from Halton. Mackenzie Davis. She is from Halton Catch Fire, and one of the only uh, 
happy ending episodes of Black Mirror. <laughs> okay. Like, you don't feel like all is lost at the end of um, Sam Junipero. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Or maybe it's just Sam Juniper. I, don't, I can't remember. Oh, she There's was a in, lot of Black Mirror. She's in Blade Runner 2049 as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. But, Casey, we're not here to talk about Terminator movies. Although, well, if, it's, we just if, did. if, it was a sh- yeah, if this was a shitty movie, we, we, we could switch lanes. But it's not a shitty movie. This is a great movie. No, this is a great movie. Um, so, now that we've spoiled, yeah. welcome back. Yeah. Anyone who managed to skip all that, like, imagine skipping forward, like, why the fuck are they talking about Terminator? What is, <laughs> is what Arnold is the weird twist at the end of this movie? Yeah. <laughs> a Terminator shows up. It's everybody's ass. Um, well, I mean, technically, a Terminator shows up. Sure, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, the first movie mm-hmm. is a Walt Disney uh, joint, Buena Vista. Yep. This is one of the few times Disney has let their characters go to another studio. I saw that. It's really, really fascinating. Well, look, I mean, that's definitely being, you know, not being penny-wise and pound-foolish. That's being pound-wise. The deal I read that um, Shyamalan met with Sean Bailey, who I believe was the uh, president of Walt Disney Studios, motion picture production. Um, uh, he got the deal to use that with the agreement that if they if he makes a sequel, Walt Disney would be in you know, Disney would be involved with it. And of course... Well, look how well that went for them. Well, I mean, listen. I, well, okay. Yeah. Let's... Uh, all right. So let's dive into some details. But before we can do that, Casey, we got some homework to do. Housework. Oh, yeah. Uh, since we are. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? I got it right here. Baby. Yay. No shit talking me this time. <laughs> Oh, oh, did you? Oh, did you hear that? Did you? Did you hear that? Did I? I did. I don't did know. you? Did you listen to our double feature? Yes. And now that we're talking about it, may I say, "Fuck yeah. you." <laughs> with love, with love, with love, with love, with love. Uh, I'm I'm part Irish, so when I you know I don't use the c word, sure, uh, but that's a term of endearment over it in, is. In my native land. It is. So instead, if I tell you, if I say fuck you, I mean it with the deepest love. <laughs> I know you do, buddy. I know you do. If I say go fuck yourself, <laughs> then you've done something wrong. <laughs> Got it. All right. That's fair. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, but you're not going to say that when we drink this beer tonight. Well, there's nope, a I'm opening it. Yeah. All right. So our beer comes to us like so many of our beers from our good friends at Branching Out Bottle Shop. Uh, over in Township 5 here in Camillus, New York. Go check them out. They've got the best beer selection you're going to find in Central New York. And say hi to true. Barley the Shop Dog while you're in there. So our beer this evening comes to us from not a New York State beer, but uh, just a little bit down the road in Pennsylvania. A beer from Rusty Rail Brewing Company. What else takes place in Pennsylvania? <laughs> this fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and Unbreakable, right? That's Philly as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Philly. What part of Philly? In West Philadelphia. Oh, Boom. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe I walked into that. I can't believe You it. did. You're I welcome. sure did. I sure did. Uh, so um, I believe we've actually drank their beer before. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Rusty Rail. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, for one of our Patreon, um, the movie Milestones. Uh, series mm-hmm. you picked et the extraterrestrial we drink we drank rusty rail brewings fool's gold their imperial peanut butter effervescent oh 
that was so fucking good. I don't normally like peanut butter beers, but if I remember correctly, that one was pretty good. But Rusty Rail is Pennsylvania's, or they call themselves, Pennsylvania's premier craft brewery from the heart of Pennsylvania. They are committed to being Pennsylvania's premier craft brewery, whether from their historic destination brewery, distributor, or our favorite tavern. Their goal is to provide a fun and unique craft beer experience. So, I will admit, this one was maybe a little bit of a stretch to fit it into the motif, but when... Uh, Kevin, or you know, the body of Kevin uh, transforms into the beast. Um, yeah. He, you know, he he does an incredible Hulk. He goes shirtless, not quite all the way to uh, nude, but if he did, then birthday suit would make perfect sense. So we're drinking birthday suit, uh, which is their birthday cake inspired ale. It's mm-hmm. an ale with. Lactose, vanilla, and natural flavors. It is uh, described as sweet, subtle malt flavor up front with a creamy mouthfeel and tons of vanilla on the finish. Seven, seven and a half percent alcohol by volume, 25 IBUs. I will admit. I didn't like the words creamy mouthfeel, uh, full uh, feel all put together. Just, that, just relax and go for it. Just go with oh, it. Oh, you son of a bitch. I will admit this one, you know. It was plausible, oh. and I really wanted to drink this beer. So, <laughs> yeah, this smells good. Yeah, yeah. All right, with that. All right, cheers, cheers brother. Friend. Well, that's just delightful. Oh my god! Oh, that's, that's even da- better that's than danger- that. Fool's gold. Oh, that's dangerous too. Seven and a half percent. It's a sixteen ounce craft <laughs> can that I love. Oh my. I'll be drinking both of these. Yep. <sighs> yep. Not, I don't give a fuck. These will not be sticking around. Holy cow. Nope. So if you haven't gone uh, gone and seen our friends, go see them. Uh, if, when you're hearing this, you'll have to wait because they're getting ready to go on a safari to Tanzania. What? Right? Well, that good for them. I mean, this is the time they do that after the mad rush of the holidays, right? Yep. Yep. So They're uh, well-deserved uh, break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Carissa about it, so it sounds pretty cool. I can't wait to... Can't wait to uh, see it on social media. Yeah. That is awesome. That is the country where Mount Kilimanjaro is located. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. Hope for one. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Tanzania is an East African country known for its vast wilderness areas. They include the plains of Serengeti National Park, a safari mecca populated by the big five game, elephant, lion, leopard, buffalo, rhino. And Mount uh, Kilimanjaro National Park, home to Africa's highest mountain. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, so uh, I have a really interesting thing to talk about with this movie. First of all, Great. I apologize. In the last episode, I kept calling it identity dissociative disorder. It's dissociative identity disorder, Got DID. It. Yep. Used to be known as multiple personality disorder. Now they're calling it this because there's very few cases where there's actual distinct personalities, mm-hmm. like in this movie. A lot of Hollywood movies do this thing where it's like, oh, I've got multiple personalities. Like, um, uh, me, myself, and Irene uses it as a joke. Sure. Uh, um, you know, there's I mean, a ton of movies. Which is, there's a horror movie that I cannot mention the name of because it'll give away yeah. the whole plot of the film. I mean, that's very um, representative of like mental illness as a whole, right? Is rarely re- yeah. represented accurately on film. It's it's usually a punchline yeah. or a gag or a gimmick or a you know fatal flaw. 
however, in this movie, mm-hmm. the inspiration for this film was a real life multiple personality Billy Milligan who died in December of 2014, charged with three rapes. The first person diagnosed with multiple personality disorder to use as an insanity defense by reason of that disorder, and also the first to be acquitted of it. Huh. Uh, Milligan had 24 personalities consisting of 10 desirables, Billy Milligan, Arthur Reagan, not even going to try and pronounce that last name, Alan, Tommy, Danny, David, Christine, Christopher, and Adalia, uh, and 13 undesirables phil kevin walter april samuel mark stephen lee jason bobby sean martin and timothy and the teacher a fusion of all the other personalities interesting interesting that's fucking wild i've never uh i've never come across that that's uh that's i'm very that's very interesting really because it always bugs me that multiple personality disorders used the wrong way but it's there's a real person that this is like just upping the ante of sure, who this person sure. is in this movie, which also having that piece of information before rewatching it last night, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this makes this movie 10 times creepier that this is based on a person who actually sexually assaulted people. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we should, we should acknowledge then if we're, if we're going there that, you know, um, Experts in the mental health community condemned this movie, um, mm-hmm. and I think it, you know it. The criticism struck me as similar to um, what a number of LG, LGBTQ that wasn't the term at the time, but you know, gay friendly um, entities' uh, reaction to Silence of the Lambs, right? That this whole idea well, that, with Buffalo Bill, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now in that case, the, you know, I, they're I, right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, yes, yes, right? Like, um, But that's a point of Silence of the Lambs. I'm not condemning the movie either, but, like, they're right. Well, Buffalo Bill's portrayal is very stereotypical. Well, there's, a, well, there's uh, that interesting nugget, though. Lecter says that Buffalo Bill is not a uh, – he called him, and again, the terminology of the time, a transvestite. Right. It's no longer that. Right. Now. Um, he said that he is not, I mean, today we would call that transgender. Lecter says he's not that it's, it's right. That's, you know, he's searching for this thing that he's missing and it's not that. So technically, you know, it's a different kind of, you know, it's, it's a subtle distinction, I think, but Hey everyone, it's Todd from the future. As I'm editing the podcast, I heard myself say that. And I had that sneaking suspicion that I was wrong. I was wrong and I want to correct it. The line that I'm referring to, Dr. Lecter says, Billy is not a real transsexual, but he thinks he is. He tries to be. He's tried to be a lot of things, I expect. So Dr. Lecter does use the term transsexual, not transvestite. I wanted to correct that. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of the episode. We should point out that um, mental health professionals, the International Society for the Study of Trauma and Disassociation, um, have made lots of statements, you know, really condemning this movie and its portrayal of DID and, and, you know, pointing it as, again, uh, I should, I should quote in an open letter to Shyamalan, several activists said that quote split represents yet another gross parody of us based on fear, ignorance, and sensationalism only much worse. End quote. Yeah. So, yeah. Let me just go through my last couple things sure. and then I will let you do all your production. Sure, stuff. sure, sure. Okay. So, uh, 
Almost cast, mm-hmm. always my favorite thing. I have an almost cast and a cast, but cut completely from the film. I think I know this. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So almost cast. I know. As as Kevin. Yep. Yep. Do you know who it was? I do. Uh, I'm so glad he wasn't Doctor Strange, and I'm so glad he wasn't Kevin. Whoa. Joaquin Phoenix. You're good and stuff. Look, I understand why Shyamalan was going to use him. He's because a phenomenal he's, But he's phenomenal in signs. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd worked with him. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, but no, no. Nobody could have done this part as well as McAvoy. Yeah. Uh, and the other um, <laughs> cast but cut from the film, there was a Professor Shaw that was supposed to be in the film, yep. although his part was completely cut from the film. His scenes, it can be seen on the deleted scene section of the the physical copy that I have. This is why physical media is still important to have. Because you also own it and it can't be taken away uh, by a server? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking right at you, fucking Best Buy, being like, we're no longer going to have uh, 4K Blu-rays. But we will still use uh, vinyl. (laughs) And that person playing Professor Shaw? Yep. Sterling K. Brown. Yes, yes. Who we will get. Whenever we pull Black Panther, he's in that. So sure, sure, awesome, sure, sure, sure. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, t- no, don't say his okay, who, because <laughs> that's a spoiler. All we're right. not even okay. to the. All right, all we're right. not allowed to spoil other movies. Fine, 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 fine. All right. So, uh, and lastly, much like Mister Vigo Mortensen in Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Somebody James McAvoy broke oh, yeah, his yes, knuckles yes, while that. filming on location in Philadelphia. He became so annoyed with his performance. I'm guessing the scene that this happened in is the last scene. I'm going to guess that's where he did it. I read a different thing that it was basically an accident. He was meant to hit oh, n- a metal oh, no. door and there was a part on it that was prepared that he was supposed to hit that was soft and he missed and he hit the actual metal door. He but became a- so so annoyed with his performance that he ended up hitting the door, which he thought was a fake door, but actually was a solid metal door. So, no, it would have been down in the basement. Got it, got it. Uh, he continued performing the role for three days before letting on that he was injured. The, I say Viggo Mortensen. If you watch all the scenes where they're, like, running down hills, yeah. you can see Viggo's, like, hobbling along because he didn't want to stop filming. Because he broke his toe kicking the helmet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's wild. Huh. Uh, so uh, finally, he let them know, and they took him to urgent care. Viewers can see his hand is injured during the scenes where he's on the train and putting on his glasses. Got it. Oh, interesting. As I'll, a re- I'll have to go back and see and, that. Yeah. And as a result of this, he was forced to work with the injury on the set of Atomic Blonde. I've never seen that one. Atomic Blonde. Todd, I feel like that might need to go in the helmet. Atomic Blonde. Oh yeah. Oh, Charlize. Charlize oh, there. No. And John Goodman. Oh, yeah. It's a good movie. Toby Jones. I love Toby Jones. It's like it's like a John Wick okay. type movie. Yeah, sure. Though I guess if we put Atomic Blonde in the helmet, we got to put, put John, John Wick. Wick Which I, I guess I just have to say, Todd, it's time for you to start your action movie podcast. I think, it, oh, you may not, you, you know, that's a great idea. And I said, if you do, please have me on for all the John Wicks. Yep. I'll be your John. How about the Roadhouse? Because I, I can do a. a oh yeah, <laughs> no. Um, with Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. yeah. Um, but I can do a really good one, like micro impression of Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Come on, no, that's, that's a good Keanu Reeves. That's good. Yeah. 
Because you got to put that extra syllable in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's people, good. People are saying, "I'm no, nah, I can't do anything." Oh, I yeah, just yeah do you're it. done. You said, "You said, Mike, or you should." Yeah, you said what you said. Mm-hmm. All right, so all right, that's all I got. Let's hear some production shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the big name here, written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan, who mm-hmm. I think will go down as you know one of the great director writer directors of our generation. I, you know, he certainly doesn't always hit it out of the park. But I, he's going to go down as, I think, a hit or miss director. When he does good, mm-hmm. like this movie, he does good, and it's great. This, I like Signs. I know a lot of people don't like Signs. I think the performance that bigoted, racist uh, <laughs> Mel Gibson gives in that movie uh-huh. is is a career-defining role for him. It's so different than anything else he, he does. Um, but then you've got Old. You've got... The last airbender. You've got <laughs> glass. There's just so much bad in there. Like Yeah, you know, now to be fair, I, I didn't see old. To be fair, I didn't see the last airbender. I, I definitely think that he is someone who takes big swings. And you know, that comes Would you say he swings away, Meryl? That's from never mind. Okay. You don't obviously didn't like signs as much as I did. No, I uh I I, I know I, I I've seen it but probably not more than maybe twice. And that was probably once in its entirety and then chopped up a couple of times. So, yeah. All right. Um, but so M. Night Shyamalan writes and directs this. Interestingly, mm-hmm. um, the character of Kevin, James McAvoy, the physical being who has 24, uh, initially thought to be 23, we find out 24 alters, the alter yeah. egos, um, had an idea for this character way back and kind of, had written some scenes around him, done some stuff, but um, apparently had written some scenes with him in Unbreakable, and then felt that that it didn't fit there, so he pulled that, and then I'm used- glad he did. Yeah, I'm oh, glad he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though there is a theory that the young kid, when when David's standing in, I'm so glad we gave the spoiler because yeah. these fascinating things. Did you see this this fan theory? Mm-mm. When but I David's think I know what standing, you're talking about though, yeah, when he's standing in. Uh, not Pe- Grand Central Station, whatever, whatever the main Phillies. Penn State. No, nope. no, that's that's, that's still New, York. New York. What the fuck is Phillies? A uh, major uh, like Grand Central Station type hub? Train station. Um, I want to get it right. Apologies to all of our Philly listeners. Don't throw batteries at me. Thirtieth uh, Street Station, officially William H. Gray the Third. Thirtieth Street Station. I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. Sure. Okay. Um, but when he's standing there, he's letting everyone touch him and he's getting the different things. The little boy that walks by. Yep. The, the mother, you hear the mother slap. Yeah. That's supposed to be. Kevin. Oh, that makes sense because you. And the timeline works. We do get that. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, yeah. N- no. Unbreakable was Unbreakable was 2000, 17 we, years later. Are we saying that David Dunn has. Do we think that's supposed to be real time? I mean, I don't think he's. I don't yeah. think that much time has passed. Okay, all right. Todd, at the at the very end, the person says the person the the, the guy in the wheelchair sixteen. Oh, years you're right. Ago. Oh no, no, you're right. The I'm sorry. Set, yeah. I withdraw. Yep, you're right. They they clearly say that. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, then that does. I mean, that lines up. I mean, it's a little older than what McAvoy actually is, but sure, sure. But yeah, that's. I, oh, that's I don't know how old that. I got to go back and watch Unbreakable just because it's a fucking phenomenal movie. Yeah. But uh, I got to go back and see how young that kid is. Yeah. In the same way, uh, another line I saw when I was doing the research here that 
in a great parallel in the same way that Unbreakable is a is a perfect superhero origin story that is only the origin. Um, mm-hmm. This is the first. This was called the. Excuse me. The beers get me. Uh, this was called the first supervillain origin story, and that's a pretty good description. Yeah, yeah. But we, and we were all excited for Glass. And spoiler alert: Jesus Christ, is it shit the bed? You know, ironically. I could be more excited if they would continue this universe because there was something really interesting in there. And they can't. Well, I mean, for obvious reasons that happen in that movie. N- well, that is called class, but we can't talk about yet. But I'm saying if they continued the universe, like that, but the I, black, okay. the black Shamrock Society, like that, that no, is no, I don't, I don't care about the black. I wanted this, I wanted this grounded, awesome, like. Couple heroes, couple villains. I not even couple like I wanted David to fight the beast and then ha- have a new like it just escalated more. He's like the only superhero. I hear you. I didn't want this black ops bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, clearly you're not alone in that because uh, there's a pretty sharp drop off in uh, the ratings from this movie to the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, As well it should be. It was such a... All right, anyway, sorry. No, that's right. So M. Night Shyamalan finances this movie himself, which is, you know, always a risky risky move. Uh, The budget for Mm -hmm. this was $9 million. It makes $278 million at the box office. (laughs) That represents a... uh, Let's see. Um, So... Uh, I'm reading from the Wikipedia bit here because I want to get the numbers right. Deadline Hollywood calculated the film made a net profit of $68.2 million when factoring together all expenses and revenues. It had a gross profit of $105 million with over 2,000% return on investment, making it the most profitable film of 2017. Which is why we got glass. Which is why we got glass. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So Shyamalan's at the head. Uh, the... The money we just shared, I mean, I'm, That's it. I'm ready to go, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, what we'll do now is uh, roll that film. <laughs> this first chunk, like, thank you, Wikipedia people, for doing this. This first chunk is so wild. Like, it is giving so much information that happens throughout the film. This is one of those ones that's not... This scene, it's this act happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like when I started, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Oh, I see what they're doing. Okay. Yep. yep. So Kevin Wendell Crumb, a man struggling with dissociative identity disorder (DID), rooted in history of child abuse and abandonment, has been managing to live with twenty-three distinct identities or alters. Um, nice little trick, since we're jumping in all over the movie. Yeah. Did you notice when it says the word "split"? During the opening credits, in the background, it's got all the different writings of it. A, there's a blank spot, and how many are behind? Oh, there? that would be twenty-four because it's now, six there's by twenty-three. Four. Oh, I mean, in the beginning, boxes. yep, and at the end, it's twenty-four. 24. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Good job, guys. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. So we'll talk later. He places where he puts breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the way he tells stories. Love the way. Right, like. Knowing the ending, you totally pick up on all this stuff sure. as the movie's going on. Yep. Um, so uh, bu- 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 he has uh, 23 distinct identities. 
uh, as well uh, for sev- uh, well for several years. He's been managing. Oh, he's managing to live. Yeah. Okay, sorry. That's so right. he's been managing living with it well for several years with the help of his therapist, Dr. Karen Fletcher. Is she named Dr. Fletcher? It's a little nurse ratchet reference to Louise Fletcher. I don't know. I, I one... don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, she's okay. she, she shares nothing. Well, Todd, did you recognize uh, Dr. Fletcher? She looked familiar, but before we started talking about it, I didn't know where she was from. Todd, do you remember the movie The Happening, a bad M. Night Shyamalan movie? Hey, guys. I think the plants are trying to kill us. Yeah. She is the... Plan on murdering me in my sleep. What? No. <laughs> That's right. She's the old lady. She's the old lady, yeah. She's yeah. Betty Buckley. She's absolute uh, musical theater royalty. But yeah, I think that's why she ended up in this because Shaman was like, I'm sorry I gave you a bad part, bad movie. <laughs> yeah, Let's I'd, give you something better because she's great. I, I like when directors enjoy working with performers and bring them back. You know, we, you know James Gunn, right? You, yeah. James Gunn's got his favorites. So it, this does jump into it because we, we mentioned all the altars. This film is really like a master class in acting from James McAvoy. Oh, is this where we're going to start gushing over yeah, James McAvoy? Just, I'm look, not mad. <laughs> folks, put on your rain uh, your rain boots and, uh, and overcoats here because we're going to be gushing. It's He is fucking amazing. Every one of his alters is such a distinct character. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are other actors that, that possess a similar level of skill, but boy, he's in rarefied air, in my opinion. He's so phenomenal. Yeah. Like, this is this, the kind of thing, like, Ed Norton could do this. Um, yeah, I know, mean, Primal Joaqu- Fear, he does it. He Joaqu- literally does it in Pl- Primal Fear. I'm sure Joaquin Phoenix would have done something that was very serviceable. but um, boy, Serviceable. Yeah. It's it's just so enchanting to watch these characters. This, this is his third appearance on the podcast. Because um, he's X-Men. He's, sure. He's oh, Charles you mean Gabriel. In, in, uh, in series, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Wanted. Yep, yep, three series. It's crazy. It's, but more than three it, appearances, because how many times has he been Professor X so far? First class, uh, Days of Future Past, and uh, what's the the apocalypse? Oh god! So three. Yeah. yeah so and then we got then we got two five. more. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. one more. One more. There's only one more terrible action movie with that cast. Then yeah, there's another one that's. But, uh, yeah, I can't believe we're gonna watch that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But it, it really is incredible to watch. Yeah, and we'll keep gu- we'll gush in more detail. So well. while while we're here, mm-hmm. I put a note later. But man, oh man, Hedwig! It may be my favorite one. Yes, yeah. And yeah. I really wanted because the first time we meet Hedwig, he's sitting in the doorway, and he's walking on like he's duck walking. I'm like, is McAvoy going to duck walk as his character all the time because he's a little kid? That is a bold fucking choice. What is duck walking? Walking. I can't, what he does when he gets out of the, like, where you're crouched in, like, oh, a... Oh, yeah. Like, walking so that you're shorter. Yes, yes, on yes, your yes. Feet. yes. And I'm like, oh, he's he's smaller because he's only seven. This is a bold fucking choice by James McAvoy. Yeah. And, like, he, st- he kept doing it. I'm like, God, I hope he doesn't actually do this. Right. this is he a does bad not. Choice. He, he and does he does, not. thankfully, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. man, he's, he's it, yeah, uh, Hedwig may be my favorite. Um Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we'll save it for the end. Yeah, that well, may uh, be a question. That's right. That's fair. That's fair. The most dominant of the desirables, alters, 
uh, Barry, has been in control uh, of deciding which personalities get to control Kevin's body. Lately, he has not allowed Dennis or Patricia. Now, Dennis is the art, the fashion guy, right? Yes. Yep. Did you did you pick up on all the little subtle hints that when Dennis was with Dr. Fletcher, it was actually Barry? Uh, I'm that sure first I did scene, not. That first scene, anywhere he went in the room, if he looked like if a candle was out of place, he moved it. Sure. The, the candy dish, all OCD the entire time. Yep. That you don't pick up on until you know yeah, the trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the moment later on with M. Night Shyamalan, like a... Um, Alfred Hitchcock, make sure he has an appearance in every one of his movies, um, where he's Dr. Fletcher's computer guy, I guess. Um, wait a minute. He has a very, very funny name. Uh, Hang on. Hang on. I got it. Jay, the Hooters lover. <laughs> Jay, the Hooters lover. <laughs> the Wikipedia merely lists him as Jay, a security guard. But sure, that's that's... She does, but in the, she does in the make movie. the comment about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love people that defend Hooters. Dear America, Hooters food sucked. We just went there to look at half-naked women, you fucking perverts. <laughs> now, I don't really eat chicken wings, but my friends who do claim that they their wings are really good. I, I don't I've have had their wings at, do you remember when Syracuse used to do the wing ding? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're greasy. They're, they were gross. They were oh, like... No. Yeah, no. That's right, because we had not... one at Carousel for a bit, right? When it was Carousel, mm-hmm. not Destiny, yeah. Yeah, back before they turned that part into the corporate offices. Uh, yeah, I went to a bunch of proms up there. Did you really? Uh, no, mm-hmm. it wasn't up there. It was in the food court. Mm-mm. Yeah, I've never been to those up high places. The Sky Deck? It was yeah. up in the Sky Deck. I don't think it was. Sir? I don't think it was. Okay. Sir. All right. Okay. Sir. Syracuse friends, listeners, if you... Sir, kindly... Go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. You <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, whoa, you have no problem. Huh? I'll, no, be, I got no problem with that. I'll be bleeping that. All right. <laughs> I like. I like that we have this like magic trick that Shyamalan does with all of his movies. Mm-hmm. Going all the way back to the Sixth Sense. If you rewatch the Sixth Sense, knowing the twist at the end, it's like a completely different fucking movie. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. You're not like oh the bitter terrible wife you're like oh that's why oh shit yeah 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 the um so i love that moment with jay when he's going through the videotape with dr fletcher and uh-huh. you know her patient walks out there's garbage all over the sidewalk and he walks right through it and she realizes that's her proof that it's that it's not barry because um, it's not dennis it's not it's not dennis that it's Barry because it's Barry because Barry has OCD, and she said any normal person would walk around that garbage. That was someone trying to look like they didn't have OCD, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a brilliant little bit of writing, and it's yeah. nice because even if you even on the first watch where you won't recognize those things because you don't know it yet, it's a breadcrumb, you know, to help us understand what's happening. It's it, I I happen to think he writes really good stories. I just think that they, you know, I almost wonder if he'd be better, sir. I mean, he's a, I think he's a great filmmaker. Films are yeah. such expensive propositions. Like, they have to succeed. And I think just sometimes his story sensibility doesn't work for people, which is fine. I think he's an artist. 
when he was in director jail and he wasn't allowed to make movies anymore for a hot second, did you ever see the only uh, written by movie that he, it's only one of two, excuse me. I remember when this happened. Oh yeah, which I thought was a great movie. You know what the other thing that Dem Night Shyamalan wrote but didn't direct? Uh, I'm going to know it when you say it. Stuart Little. That's right. That's right. Yes, he did. That's my favorite piece of trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Joss Whedon writing the first Toy Story movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stuart Little Little was a cat the whole time. What a twist! The reason that uh, Barry has not let Dennis or Patricia have a turn is because they have a tendency to, uh uh-oh, harass young women. And the latter's belief a mysterious entity called the Beast, who plans to get rid of the world of the impure, that is, those who have not suffered. Later in the movie, Dr. Fletcher describes what she has heard about the Beast, and I think, again, breadcrumbs, table setting. This is a great way, in the same way that in Unbreakable, um, Glass does a really good job of basically explaining what a spidey sense is, right? Like, Mm -hmm. giving it a real-world translation that inspired these myths. Um, and it's really great. She talks about how she's heard that the beast can climb walls by using this, you know, the slightest imperfections in the surfaces to hold himself in place. Which um, we see him do later. Which yeah. we see him do later. Um, and you can see the way he's, like, gripping. Now, clearly, this is one of the things they built a set sideways, right? It's a floor that looks like the wall, and they yeah. mount the camera but on the But McAvoy sells the shit out he of sell, it. Or the, yeah, um, sells the shit out of it. And the way his hands are gripping, you're like, oh, that's exactly right. Right, because he's not Spider-Manning it. He's not like, he's like, it looks like he's rock climbing. It's like the most realistic superhero movie we've ever seen, right? Like, there's a very reasonable... Well, Unbreakable has entered the chat. But that's what I mean. It's the same universe. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, And I think that's what bugs a lot of people, including me, about Glass. It decided to become a full-on superhero movie. Capital S... Depending on how you spell it, capital H. Uh, like, um, mm-hmm. I liked lowercase s superhero. Yeah. That this movie, that this universe was. Sure. Like, that's... David, yes, David had powers, but this is as close to verisimilitude as you can get mm-hmm. in this genre. Yeah. W- without, like, being Richard Donner's Superman. You know, like, th- yes, a man can fly, but everything else in the movie is taken at a very real core thing. And this, yes, David. Is strong, but he is not. The, n- none of his strength ever reaches like super superhuman. He is the that your favorite thing to say about your favorite character. He's the pinnacle of human perfection. Yeah, yeah. You, he just doesn't look like Captain America. You'd you'd have to go. Yeah, you know, to go one step further down that path would put you in the realm of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, in which yeah. you know people have argued there are no superheroes in that. Right, like Absolutely everything not. is. Practically bounded by, you know, this very close analog of reality. It's a little more fantastic, right? Lowercase f, yeah. Like, later, the beast gets shot. He doesn't... He gets shot at point blank. It doesn't bounce off of him. Yeah. It it penetrates, but does not But it doesn't go the, through. And then we hear... It's just dermis, yeah. Yeah, we hear... Uh, uh, holy shit. This is so cool. I'm trying to make this why I love this movie and not why Glass made me so frustrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'm really trying, but I love this movie. I love Unbreakable, yeah. and I love this movie because it is 
it is a world where, yes, it is fantastical, but you're still grounded in some sort of reality. Yeah, it, it, it you know, it is. It's a very unique take on superheroes that we have not seen a lot of. And mm-hmm. I think he does it really well. One last point about his storytelling style. Yeah. Um, I like how he places breadcrumbs that are really unobtrusive and tell you things, but they're so subtle that you may not recognize you just got told something. So Dr. Fisher, at one point earlier in the movie, we, actually, Fletcher, Fletcher, um, I think it's at that same point where she's talking about she's heard about the beast, you know, and he can uh-huh. climb walls. She also makes a reference then to, um, you know, using Kevin's real name as a mechanism to bring him forth. But she says that she won't, or no, that's later when she's confronting him. She says she won't do that because uh, she knows it'll cause chaos for the other altars. But again, like that's going to get used. It's like Chekhov's mechanism. Yeah, 100%. And it's so subtle. I think he does the right level of balancing so that we know it when it happens. It makes sense because, oh, we got told that that would happen. We didn't realize it was important when we heard it. It is the sun's getting real low in the MCU. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has it has its effect on the Hulk, but it's not always going to be the one that you want it to be. Mm-hmm. As you were saying, Dr. Fletcher is concerned when she realizes that Dennis has been impersonating Barry during their sessions after questioning him about an incident where Dennis had been left disturbed when two teenage girls had placed his hands on their breasts while drunk. Did that happen where Kevin works? I, I think so, I'm, it, which is a, the zoo. Yeah, who the fuck's getting drunk at the zoo? Um, Hang on. I just said that, and then I realized our zoo has a thing where people yeah. get drunk. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I completely reneged my question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this little bit about how um, de- it's actually Dennis, not Barry. And the what we see in acting, which is almost like <sighs> unwrapping the box. Thank you for bringing those up. Yes. It reminded me of a story that I'd heard, and I had to, I had to do some digging to remember who said it. So it's Hank Azaria, of course famously voices a number of voices on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the late, great Mel Blanc, specifically like the genius of Mel Blanc, doing one of your own characters, doing an impression of another one of your characters. It's absolutely my favorite thing, when Bugs would imitate Daffy or the whatever. Duck season, yeah. what, rabbit season. Rabbit is, season. <laughs> and, you know, Hank said that, so we'll drop, when this... When this drops, we should share a link to a YouTube video. It's like real short. It's like a minute of Hank Azari talking about it. But he says that they tried. He he said usually the problem with that is you've got a voice actor that does two different characters and trying to make them do an impression of each other. He said you usually end up sounding somewhere in the middle. And you mm-hmm. and he said on The Simpsons they tried it. He tried making you know Hank sound do an impression of uh, Mo or I'm sorry Apu do an impression of Mo. And he's like, yep. you, you sound in between you, and you can't differentiate which way it's coming from. He points to duck season, rabbit season as no, 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 that's clearly Daffy doing his impression of bugs. And that's so clearly good. bugs doing his impression of Daffy. Haven't any luck on those ducks? It's duck season, you know, just a darn minute. Where do you get that duck season stuff? This strikes me as that acting equivalent because you do see these subtle shifts when she confronts, you know, Dennis, um, be, knowing that he's not Barry. And I think this is the best use of Shyamalan loves to have one character talking and just get the reaction of the other character. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's his, one of his signature moves as a, 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 in the cinematography of his films. And it's used so perfectly here. Cause you see Barry 
drop the pretense yeah. of being Dennis. That's that. Oh no, I'm sorry. Dennis dropped yeah. the pretense of being Barry. Yeah, right. that's that bit. Like he's st- he's acting on two levels, and he's got to show you the difference there. It's it's and it's fucking just incredible. The fact that McAvoy didn't get nominated for anything for this movie of of note. Yeah, like yeah. a Saturn the, Award, the I think, is the highest. The, and the popcorn from MTV. I'm MTV like, Movie Awards. SAG um, Award. SAG Award nomination should have at least been on the table for this. He wins the San Diego <clears throat> Film Critics Society Best Actor. He wins the Seattle Film Critics Society Best Villain, Villain of the Year. Those are the only two he wins. And the rest he's nominated for a number of, you know, London Film Critics, MTV Movie Awards, Saturn, Teen Choice, Casting Society of America. And I Empire think he's Wars. one of those actors that's that's uh, underappreciated for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. He wasn't even not the Saturn was um, best thriller film for Split, best supporting actress for Betty Buckley. Wait, he didn't even he didn't even get nominated in Saturn. And the Empire Award was for the movie. Um, Casting Society of America was studio or independent drama. Um, this is bullshit. Yeah, if we didn't know what a fucking genius he is. You know, I submit this movie as evidence. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So, just outside of Philadelphia, in West Philadelphia, uh, Dennis kidnaps three girls: Claire, Casey, and Marsha. Well, well, this is awkward. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't like this. Is this is up there with who's the first person killed in the Scream franchise? Drew Barrymore. What was her character's name? Casey. Oh, Casey. <laughs> Yeah, and how does she try and get away, but she can't? Oh, that's right. She's screaming, but only a whisper comes out. A nightmare that Casey Ryan had as a child. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I sitting in the theater watching Scream. That happened. And I went, "Oh, fuck you, movie." Well, has what Casey the fuck? ever been a super douchey super vegan? Because Todd has. Didn't you know? Todd's vegan. No, but Casey has been a, a cook that saves an entire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chief Fleet. Chief Ryback. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. He kidnaps these three girls when they are waiting in the car of Claire's father to get driven home from a birthday party. Pardon me, sir. I think you have the wrong car. This is the actual opening of the movie, and it's fucking terrifying. Yeah, this is, even though it's the second paragraph of the plot summary, this is the opening. So McAvoy, right from the get-go, is frightening. He doesn't speak for, it's about the first seven minutes of the movie, which includes the title you know, the opening credits and title sequence. Um, and when he does, his first line... I choose you first. It's even more chilling. In my opinion, his performance is on par with Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter, as one of the all-time chilling movie villains. Right. His I choose you first has a feeling of he's burdened with this task. Would you say that he's burdened? With, with glorious, glorious purpose? purpose? No, that's for someone else. That's right. Surprise. Yeah, like his I choose you first is like he looks them all over and he sizes all three of these girls up. Yeah. You yeah. see him do it. And he's like, I choose you first. Like, okay, where I don't like not that he doesn't want to do it. It's I he has to do this. Well, interestingly, that's not the beast choosing. We find out later. So remember. Um, Bear, right from the beginning, um, Barry is the most dominant of the desirable alters. He's specifically been suppressing Dennis and Patricia, Patricia because of her belief in the beast, right? And Mary but, Poppins, yeah. But Dennis is specifically suppressed because of his Dennis's tendency to harass young girls. That I choose you first, like he Dennis will come in later and apologize 
And actually, there's a note I had. He apologizes because Marsha is the one that he chooses. He takes her out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Casey says, pee on yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is... Uh, again, we're also going to get this slow reveal of Casey's backstory over the course of the movie. It's done really effectively. And why would she know this? It's 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 creepy that she knows this. And of course, like when we find out, oh, it makes perfect sense that she knows yeah. it. Yeah, but, I also didn't like that. <laughs> well, I I mean, it's you know, in the same way that this is a very grounded reality for superheroes, mm-hmm. you know, the villain is made because of child abuse. Right, like it's you know, Um, but anyways, the uh, Dennis will come back in later, apologize because uh, Marcia says he made me dance, he wanted me to dance for him. Mm -hmm. So, that I choose you first isn't even the beast saying I'm gonna eat you first. It's like that's like Dennis saying, Well, you're gonna get eaten, do you mind if I jerk off to you first? What is this, Louis C.K.? Yeah, (laughs) um. And it's so creepy. Do you remember what, as Dennis is making that apology, do you remember the reason why he knows he's not supposed to touch them? Do you remember? There's two wor- two specific words he says that, that I got a chill watching. Patricia has reminded me that I was sent to get you for a reason, that you are sacred food. Which, again, in uh, Claire, Marsha, and Casey... Claire and Marsha are trying to figure it out. I think he's going to feed us to his dogs. No, mm-hmm. we'll see it later in, you know, again, Hannibal Lecter is an appropriate parallel mm-hmm. for this character. It's like, what if Hannibal Lecter was 10 times scarier? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He imprisons the girls in a secret underground lair beneath the Philadelphia Zoo where they mm-hmm. meet Patricia, who protects the girls from Dennis to save them for the beast and a nine-year-old boy named... Hedwig. I already said my love of the of Hedwig. Hedwig is revealed to be the true dominant altar whom Patricia and Dennis are manipulating to shut out the other altars. I, I also mm-hmm. love this bit about referring to them being in the light. Having the light, yeah. Having the light. It reminded me yeah, a little bit yeah, of yeah. um out. Or I'm sorry, get out. Get out. Um it reminded me of get out and actually continuing um the uh, Hannibal Lecter, it's the red dragon. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, they have to, yeah, yeah. They have to see the light. And it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Light, it's so weird that light is often used as a disturbing imagery in, in movies. Like, get out, the sunken place, this, you know, like, um, uh, anytime it's uh, bright it. light. It, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, ah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a really old Dungeons & Dragons novel called The Crystal Shard, written by R.A. Salvatore, who... Uh, you might actually have heard of, did you ever hear of a fantasy character, Driz, uh, Drist? Nope. This dark elf ranger. He's, he kind of. Aragorn? You said ranger. I just thought. Yeah. Uh, Aragorn. A ranger, Son yeah. of Arathorn? Uh, not son of Arathorn, but a, uh, but he was kind of like, he represented in the same way that a lot of people who discovered Dungeons and Dragons after the Lord of the Rings movies made mm-hmm. lots of Legolas characters, you know, archers. He became like an archetype for, uh. A lot of drow became very, very popular. Dark elves became very popular. Um, don't know where I was going with that. There was something somewhere. Yep. Um, oh, cool that, story, oh, bro. Oh, that. Oh, that, we gotta oh get. No, I got it. I'm back. No, it's, it, but it's called the Crystal Shard, and it plays with this whole idea of usually light is seen as a force of good, and specifically, there's this evil artifact called the Crystal Shard. 
that harnesses sunlight yeah. for evil purposes, and it's specifically designed. Right, it, it created the Skeksis and the. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. That's right. That's the Dark Crystal. Yeah. The dark, well, this is Crystal Sharp, but yeah, very similar. Very similar. Yeah. I am just learning now that Jim Hansen may have ripped that off because that's literally what the Dark Crystal is called in the shard that they need to reforge in is called the Crystal Shard. To create to bring back the Skeksis. With well, the, to be fair, the, to be fair, the shit, Dark Crystal the predates predates uh, Crystal Shard. The movie, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then they owe Jim Henson some money. Um, Good that I can I can stay with the urban legend that the re, the way that Jim Henson came up with the Dark Crystal was that he was. Uh, at a, at a delayed O'Hare, yes. And he saw a a dirty icicle. He's like, "What if there's a dark crystal?" Um, yeah. So the crystal shard, the novel comes out in 1988. Dark crystal comes out in '82. Mm. So, yep. Don't worry, Jim Henson's still a good guy. Fuck yeah, still miss him. Last thing, uh, just to bring my last favorite piece of trivia about the dark crystal. Did you know that originally the Skeksis were going to speak a foreign language? That was not going to be subtitled. No, really. Yeah. Next time you watch it, notice how at that first scene where the where the emperor is dying, it's really weird, stilted dialogue because they had to go back in after they finished filming and, and add the English language in because, like Jim, this is not going to work. But, but like matching mouth flaps, matching the the puppets. That's why he's like, I still. Emperor, because it's some you can find it on the DVDs. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it is fucking wild. Oh my god, this movie wouldn't have become a cult classic, this would have just died on the on the the operating table. Meanwhile, there's some poor actor, method actor, who learned Skeksis, you know, so he Mm -hmm. could deliver it accurately, and then he gets uh, James Earl Jones. He shows up to the movie. He's like, "Where's my voice?" That was ah, him. but you know, you know who he also gets? He gets uh, Barry Denon. You know who Barry Denon is? I do not. The original Pontius Pilate. Oh, did they do that too in the movie? He's Chamberlain. He's the <laughs> friend. Please. Got that's it. that's Barry Denon. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. He rests in peace too. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah. We were talking about the Patrician Dennis are manipulating Hedwick to shut out the other altars. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, this is one setup after another. The first appearance of McAvoy as Patricia is really jarring, right? Right. Um, then he comes back to apologize for the sacred food. Yeah, okay. The girls try to escape by going through the vents, manipulating Kevin's altars, and communicating with another individual via a walkie-talkie, but all of their attempts end in failure. Sure do. I love, I love Casey's strategy. And, again, we don't know why... At this point, but we'll understand later. She's the only one that I would argue has a realistic plan to navigate this. Yeah. Uh, Marsha and Claire. We should drop a crazy ass bomb on him. I saw him carry one of you and lay you on the bed like you weighed nothing. One punch from him would knock one of us out. I took six months of Kempo karate class and you distract the assailant with pain. Everything is so easy for you guys. You do one thing and can predict the next thing. Not the way it's going to be in this situation. It's so smart. But Casey is like watching and observing and using little things. Then she goes, hey, I heard them talking about you. No, no, no. This is later, but um, they're going to give you to the beast. The beast wants a boy next. And I heard uh, Dennis and Patricia saying that, you know, you were going to be next. Like, 
it's so cool. It's not really effective ultimately, but man, it's it 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 does such a great job of separating her. She is fundamentally different than Claire and Marsha. And of course we'll find out later why. And I love that in that scene where he's where she's trying to trick Hedwig into helping because she she says, you know, they're gonna feed the beast you to the beast next. And he she he flips back into Dennis. Yep. I love that moment that every time Dennis shows up, there's a pause. Like Dennis needs a second to get acclimated to mm-hmm. the filth around the him. The filth. Because it's there's so... A crumb on it's your, a, there's a crumb on your sword. Just just, just take yeah, it off. It's such a wild, really amazing... I don't know if it was a director's note or his character choice, but man, McAvoy sells it every time that Dennis shows up. There's that moment of... Fuck, right. Okay, mm-hmm. we're, in the, we're in the fucking basement of a zoo. Yep. This is so disgusting. There's fecal matter, matter everywhere. There's no stopping that. Anyways, on to murder. Like, yeah. it's it's really cool. I, 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 I God, TSBH Army, we're going to gush again we're, and again about McAvoy's yeah. wonderful performance in this movie. Yep. So, Dr. Fletcher goes to the zoo to talk to Dennis. It's, <laughs> we're skipping way to the end of the film. Yeah. Um, when he claims to have made contact with the beast, in reality, a yet manifested 24th personality, that, but she discovers Claire, <laughs> Yikes! pardon the pejorative, of all the run bitch moments in a movie, <laughs> this is the most run bitch. When you see that little girl, you run and get the authorities. You don't stand there with your hand on your mouth going, oh, oh my God. Like, <laughs> Betty, go, run. <laughs> Uh, so Dennis incapacitates the doctor and locks her up with that magic uh, movie uh, knockout spray. Yeah, which, you know, we should point out, uh, not an actual thing. You and I were talking when you picked up the beer today. I remember reading, I think during Vietnam, our special forces units experimented with different kinds of sedatives, like the movie tranquilizer dart. You know, you'd shoot somebody mm-hmm. and they fall instantly unconscious. The, there are things that will... Like knock people out that fast. I don't think there are inhaled things, um, other than maybe things like um, the stuff that will kill you instantly. But in terms of like knocking you out, there are drugs that will incapacitate people instantly. But you know, they're not really good at like stopping it unconscious, right? Like it, you know, they immediately knock you unconscious on your way to a very quick death, right? Like it's the, or a very serious coma. Yeah. So, yeah. So your not body's not meant to do that quick of a drop down. Yeah. The movie trope of chloroform never proven to do that. Chloroform does have an anesthetic effect. It can render you unconscious, but to my understanding, you have to inhale a lot of it over a period of minutes. It's not the rag on the mouth and you're out. Though I do love that anytime Dennis uses it, he covers his own mouth with either a mask or, or sure. something. I'm like, okay, yes, it's movie magic, but they're keeping it in our reality. Yeah. Obviously, if you're spraying an aerosol spray, you're going to want to cover your mouth if you don't want to inhale that. Sure. Like, sure, sure, sure. This movie has a $9 million budget. It's not crazy. There are definitely yeah. some, uh, there's definitely some special effects. There's some action sequences and stunts, but... This is mainly a psychological thriller. The only time the special effects show the $9 million budget is when the Beast is running down the hallway after Casey. Yeah. It's like, oh, that is a CGI James McAvoy right now, and it's not very good either. Other than that, everything's fine. Like, And it just, again, a, m- a lot of times I'll point out bad CGI. Uh-huh. Doesn't hurt the film. 
at all. The, the, it just makes me go, oof, let me spend a little more money there, guys. Was it CGI or was it like where they speed up the film? No, nah, CGI because right? he's jumping on the walls and oh, he's, got it. Okay, it's the yep. part where he's kind of like inceptioning his way. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. The dentist goes to the train station and boards an empty train car where the beast takes over. So allow me to gush some more. The yeah, physical right acting, the transformation here. I would put this. I would honestly put this on par with Christopher Reeves transitioning from clark, to, clark superman, to superman right yep with with just the what he's doing physically with his body there's no special effect i mean there will be some makeup effects later when we see the beast in the you know the prominent veins the, the mm-hmm. vascular structure but but it's all, other than that it's mcavoy flexing the shit out yeah. of his muscles that he has been hiding the entire movie sure 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 wearing it, like when he's patricia like you can see he's well built but he is like so relaxed with his muscles to yeah. not Give away the trick. That's like, the other piece of it. It's not just he clearly got into phenomenal shape, but it's also the way he's carrying himself. Like mm-hmm. he he grows when he transforms into the beast, and it's it's just a wonderful bit of physical acting. It's it's, it's really cool to watch. When I saw Jekyll and Hyde on Broadway, mm-hmm. I did Was not that see starring the phenomenal David Hasselhoff. Nope. <laughs> no, I saw his understudy, uh, this was, amazing guy. Was that a choice? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, um, I figured it was. I figured it Robert was. Evan, he's fantastic. I think you've talked about him before. I've talked about this. He played football in college, yes. got an injury, like, and then became an actor. Like, And is a phenomenal singer. When he would turn into Hyde, when uh-huh. he was Jekyll, he was very straight and staunch. And, you know, you could tell he was in shape. When he was Hyde, he flexed everything forward. Mm-hmm. And you just went, this motherfucker could kill people really easily. Holy yeah. shit. Like, he was terrifying. And it's it's on that level. When the beast stands up in the in the train car, you're like, oh, we're all going to die. Huh. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, uh, Evan, so Rob, uh, Rob Evan. Robert Evan. Evan mm-hmm. Native of Monticello, Georgia, said in a personal interview, I grew up in Monticello, Georgia. I was a football player at UGA, and that's the first time I saw Les Mis. 20 years mm-hmm. ago here at the Fox. I just It just made me go, I want to do this for a living. I was just a business major. I'd wanted to go to law school, but this show lit the fire. I ended up auditioning at a Les Mis open call a la American Idol two years later. I waited 10 hours to sing 16 bars of stars. He walked out with a proverbial gold ticket. I thought it was going to be instant stardom and cash, not knowing any better. That's really cool. He was uh, when... Lamez toured through Syracuse in the nineties. He was the Valjean and he was really good then too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Again, yeah. built like a built like a football player. So like you're like, oh yeah, this guy's been on a chain gang for nineteen years. Sure. Wow. That's that's really cool. That's really cool. Because it was in that time where it was just big burly men, like not fit men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, like kind of kind of pudgy men. <laughs> you're like, you didn't work on a chain gang, you've just been drinking and <laughs> right, right. Uh, okay, so the beast who displays um, enhanced strength and animalistic tendencies returns to the lair, thanks Dr. Fletcher for her help, and crushes her to death. Again, oh. it's a bear hug. So, like, it makes sense. It's truly terrifying when he does this, R.I.P. Grizabella. But <laughs> he, Jesus, when he crushes her, it's not just like, Crush and you're dead. There's like levels of him locking in more yeah, and more. Like, it's it's like it's the one way tightening. Realistic. Yeah, like tightening yeah. the belt one way. Um, she <sighs> stabs him a couple times and the knife breaks off. 
Yep. That's 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 about as unrealistic as I think it gets. It, yeah, that's that's at the level of the shotgun blast, but they've done a really good job of of at least so I don't know if any of this is true in our reality, but she talks about when one of her colleagues is talking about, you know, why she can't do this presentation at this conference uh, because it's like so far fetched and she's like, "No, like there's there's patients who have DID where one of the one of the identities has diabetes, the other doesn't. She talks about we one. We see that in this. We one of yeah. um, um Patricia. No, it's not Patricia. It is Yeah. No, it's not not Patricia doesn't have um it's diabetes. I think it's I think it's Barry. Clothes. Oh, okay. No, because he's got the I th- I actually think it's a another person because he's wearing different clothes and it's a slightly different accent. Oh, maybe. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. We only see a we only see a few of them, but you're right, there's twenty three that there's you know what we didn't really gush about with McAvoy? He's Scottish. That's a hard accent to cover up, let alone do a very hard, like, that one, the one that does the diabetes, does uh-huh. the insulin. Yeah, 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 you're right. He's got a Philly accent, which is a really fucking hard accent right. to do. That's clearly a female identity, and it's not Patricia. Patricia is like a gentlewoman. Like. Patricia's uh, psychotic Mary Poppins, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. That's very right. spoonful of sugar makes the poison go down. That's right. That's right. That's right. She's, but um, she, you know, Doctor Fletcher references, you know, a patient where one of the identities is a power is lifter. blind. Oh, or yeah. Is, uh, yeah, yeah, right. So, so in universe, they've given us a reason why we can accept this. The same reason that the shotgun blast will do some superficial damage without killing him, the knife just breaks off. Yeah, um, we see 100%. it at the end. I mean, you know, the final appearance of the beast. When he bends the bars, he legit bends, not like ties it into a pretzel, but he bends those iron bars. He does something that a strong man would be able to do. Like, we've seen strong men bend bars into a bow, so I don't see why this, it's, 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 <sighs> okay, never mind. I was going to go on another rant about how realistic it is in this movie. The next movie sucks. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. You can't do that. All right. Okay. All right, so uh, Dr. Fletcher is dead. Um, the beast savagely feeds upon and kills. Cle- well, usually when you feed on somebody, they're going to die. Yeah. Uh, if, we're, savagely- if, you're very, if you're very lucky, it happens the other way around. <laughs> you know, unfortunately for Claire and Marsha, they are fed upon and then die. Like, they, this, is, this is Velociraptor territory. Sure. When they start eating you, you're still alive. Uh, I was thinking um, Zoe from Firefly, but yes, also Velociraptor. When she's talking about the Reavers, they yeah, will I know. kill us, rape us, and eat us. And if we're lucky, it'll they'll do it in that order. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I think it's a really nice... I saw some criticism of... Um, again, I want to make sure we're presenting both sides. Criticism of the film... Uh, let's see. Anthony Lane of The New Yorker described the film as an old-fashioned exploitation flick, part of, an, part of a depleted and degrading genre that not even M. Night Shyamalan, the writer and director of Split, can redeem. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's sensational at all. Never. It's clear that he is eating her, but it's not The Walking Dead. You don't see zombie, you know, fake gut intestines being pulled out. Like, it's clear what's happening, and I don't think it's sensational. I think it's perfectly appropriate for the story. I think it's really interesting that is, is it Marsha that he eats first. Uh, I think that, we only that Flet, is it Flet, who 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 does Claire see 
already eaten and dead. I think, oh, well, Casey sees Claire. Sorry, Casey, I think Claire, Marcia yeah. is the one who she sees get pull, gets pulled back. Pulled back, yeah. Oof. And that shot from the trailer that they love to put in there, you're like, oh, my God, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, he uh, He eats, it looks like he eats Claire's, like, intestines, but then eats the back of Marsha. Is he going for specific parts? So one, I think it's a psychological, it's this almost John Johnson, the American mountain man trapper made into a movie by Robert Redford, Jeremiah Johnson. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John Johnson was also known as uh, Liver Eater, Livery Johnson. Would con- uh, I think a practice he took, I think, from Crow Indians. Um, but it was this kind of um, tribal consuming the flesh of your enemies give t- allows you to take their spirit, their mana. I, I, I think it's like that. We hear a reference, I think it's Patricia, is talking about the beast. And maybe it's on one of those videos that Claire or Casey discovers where she's talking about how I think the purpose of eating these people is the beast believes that will basically give him this like internal population again, like steer stealing their spirits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think it's about the specific body part. And I think it's to Shyamalan's credit that he shows us only what we need to see. So we understand exactly what's happening without being explicit or, you know, like, um, prurient or, you know, sensationalizing it. Yeah. 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 I think it's very restrained the way he does it. I think this is what makes a, good Shyamalan horror movie PG-13 makes it yeah. better. His one, I mean, I remember when <laughs> The Happening, every woman touted it as M. Night Shyamalan's first R-rated film. And guess what? It sucked. <laughs> because he didn't have to have the restraint that he has under PG-13. Yeah, And I'm sure somebody's already made a PG-13 cut of the happening that makes it better because it's not sensationalized violence, but you're not saving that film for me. I, I mean, thank God Bruce broke in the production of Jaws, right? Like, because right. what we get is a masterpiece because he Spielberg had to tell the story differently. And what makes the rest of the Jaws movie suck? All the we sharks see you the want. Fucking yeah, fucking sharks so That's much. It. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Uh, he savagely feeds and kills Claire and Marsha. He approaches Casey, but she calls out Kevin's full name. Kevin Wendell <laughs> Which brings forth his original personality, which again, masterclass in acting here. Yeah. The fight that he has, the beast has before Kevin comes out is really, really great. Who are you? What's happening? Poor Kevin, right? Like, do you but, not just feel for the kid? The date that he gives. Is it not something, something 2014? This movie but comes out it's in September 18th, 2014. It is, fuck. Hang on. I want to get this right because it has to do with, with his Scottish heritage. Oh, really? Yes. September 18th, 2014. Oh, is it the Scotland. big, um, oh, what's I? Uh, the Scottish independence referendum happened that day. God. Thursday, September 18th, Scottish independence referendum was held. Uh, the Fife count took place in the Michael Wood sports and leisure something. There were 20. F- so, yeah. So that's why they make that reference because 
again, McAvoy is a Scot. He's sure. he is from Scotland. Yep. Yep. Very cool. I remember that. I remember to write it down, and then I didn't. <laughs> but then we got talking about the, yeah, poor Kevin. Upon learning of the situation and realizing that he has not been in control of his own body for two years, right, because it's 2016, yeah. uh, the horrified Kevin begs Casey to kill him with a shotgun he has hidden. Very um, Monster Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this prompts all, oh, actually, it's more uh, Aliens. Sure. And they find yep. the kill me. Yeah, yeah. This prompts all 24 personalities to fight for control. This scene is the reason McAvoy is a fucking star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they keep flip flopping through and like Hedwig comes out for a second, he's like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah. And then how chilling when Patricia declares victory, right? Whoa, yes. And she tells him that Kevin has been made to sleep far away. It will not awaken even if his name is called. Did you see the menu? I did not. And I know I need to. I've not seen it yet. Anya Taylor-Joy is really good at the facial expression of, we are all deeply fucked. (laughs) She does it in that. I won't say what happens that makes her realize that. But here she's like, I'm so screwed right now. Yeah. This is evil Superman. You have kryptonite in... Thanos just Thanos just used the power of kryptonite to destroy the kryptonite, and now it's atoms and it doesn't exist. And what do you do now? Yeah, I'll just mix my metaphors. Oh, you yeah. fucking nerd! Jesus Christ! <laughs> While Patricia returns control to the beast, Casey Ugh. retrieves the shotgun and a box of cartridges and escapes into a tunnel. She manages to shoot the beast twice before running out of ammo, but he only sustains minor wounds. Yeah, but he can take it. And keep going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I, like my, it hurts him, but. In my note, we'd already talked about the bending of the bars is just uh, terrifying. Mm-hmm. So the beast moves closer to murder her, but stops when he sees scars across her abdomen and chest, which are related to her having been abused by her uncle and legal guardian, John, both. Before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So first, I thought those scars were self-harm scars. Like oh. her way of having John not touch her. Sure. And also the slow burn of Casey's backstory. Yeah. The first watch and this watch, it the first watch I thought the dad was doing something. Mm. Just the way that actor portrayed Casey's dad felt very how, creepy. How did you interpret the uncle? And the let's be animals, and he's that's the moment where I went, to, Oh, oh no, it's the uncle it's who's doing shit. Yeah, up to that point, I thought the uncle was sa- keeping him her safe. The uncle also says, When when he is, and it's a horrifying shot. So, that actor is a wonderful actor, Brad William Henke, sadly dead, um, passed away. Oh, yeah, born in 66, bat passed away last uh, two years ago, November 29th, 2022. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, he is a very good actor. He he is. He hit my radar first in um, Justified, the the oh, yeah, wonderful yeah, yeah. show, uh, and he plays a, a a character through one of the seasons there. Really good, really good. He's also in Fury. He's this. Never seen it. You haven't seen? Oh, Fury's a great war movie. It's really good, really really good. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but that moment where she comes around, young Casey comes around the corner and she sees him and he has, it looks like he's stripped down to like boxer briefs. 
And he's yep. like, let's be animals. And you, and you can see You her, don't notice it at first. Right. You don't notice it at first. You can see that he doesn't have a shirt on. No, he, he has his shirt on. He just has taken his pants off. No. He in the not. first scene. And then when she comes around the corner, he is presumed to be naked. When he's like, let's be animals? No, he has his shirt off the whole time. Nope. I'm pretty sure. Oh, it'll be interesting to see which one of us was right here. Um, um, it's me. Well, so what makes it horrifying, and, and in my mind, is is clear. He's telling us right there. Um, it's the grooming. He says, "I'll tell your, I'll if you don't play the animal game, I'll tell mm-hmm. your dad that you're not being nice." It's like, oh, yep. you fucking fucking Piece of scumbag. Shit. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. how much did you, especially once you understood everything that was happening. How much did you want her to pull the trigger when she had him at the end of the shotgun? I thought she did. I'm it, wondering if it's something in uh, glass. I feel like the uncle gets a comeuppance. <laughs> so my assumption is either the shotgun wasn't loaded or the, the safety was on. The safety doesn't make it was, sense. Because it wasn't loaded because he wants, he goes to unload it and yeah. nothing pop, no shells pop out. Got it, got he it. He does the, it. The, the pump action got on it. it. Yep, that makes sense. Um yeah, and then at the end, when the very rather ambiguous end of the female cop, making a female cop makes it a little less ambiguous, mm-hmm. coming in and saying, your uncle's here, because someone says, Casey's guardian is here. Yeah. Casey's face, and it looks like the cop... S- recognizes? Recognizes she shouldn't go in his care. That's possible. And it's but, so weird that it is left ambiguous uh, as to whether or not Casey gets. I guess maybe it's he's oh. leaving it open for for glass. So I want to say for the record, you're right. First, he pops around the tree. He's he's fully clothed. Well, no, his pants are off. Look down. No, he, you can see he's he's got his black jeans on. He's got his black boxers on. Go farther into the scene. You can oh, see his okay, legs. Okay. Yep. I just saw the back of his Jesus thighs. Christ. Okay. Oh no. All right. Oh my God. Oh, it's even. It's even worse. Yeah, it's so he, horrible. So he quickly takes his shirt off, and then when he's on all Tells, fours, okay, he does have the shorts still. Okay, oh no. But that that young that actress, young Casey, is played by um, someone Izzy who Co- hopefully Izzy Coffee. She, she has no line in that part of it, but boy, she's doing such a great job acting. Like, oh, it's heartbreaking, right? Yeah, like you, this almost like, like this, this practical acceptance that this is mm-hmm. her reality. Oh, it's just fucking horrible. She's credited as five-year-old Casey. Oh, oh God, wow. fuck. Yeah, right. I always think about these kinds of scenes. What was how, told to this little you, girl? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, um, what was? Like, to the point where I'm like, please tell me she wasn't on, like, because you never see her there when the uncle's right. naked. You don't need you don't need her for the shots of him and vice versa. I'm hoping they were shot at separate times, and Chalon just, like, told her what to do. Like, look a little confused. Now look a little sad. Yeah. Now look like you're okay with what's about to happen, and open your coat. Um, that's all she was told. She doesn't need to know, and hopefully she fucking never saw this movie, that actress, because that's... Uh, did you, Horrible. Did you watch, you know, I think we've shared many times, uh, Aubrey and I, big fans of documentaries. Have you watched, uh, I think we saw it on Hulu, I think that's right, Kid 90? Kid? Kid 90? Kid, Kid 90. 
with the, the Soleil Moon Fry thing? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so she yeah, talks. She talks at one point about that, and it's she talks. There's there's like five or six actors, like you know, big successful actors in that. You know, like now looking backwards, talking about how they would never allow their children to go into the entertainment business, and that's a fair question. What you just posed, like, how do you get that performance is amazing, but there's a kid there. What did that kid? What was that kid made to pretend, was told, hopefully it's done in a way that, you know, doesn't leave any marks on the kid, hopefully? I hope so. I hope so. Um, Yeah, the worst thing I knew growing up was uh, Soleil Moonfry's nickname when she developed was uh, Punky Boobster. Oh. Because she had very large breasts that she actually had to have a a breast reduction. reduction Yeah, I remember Because they were, and it's just like... Oh, it's a child, you motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm allowed to think she's attractive because we're roughly the same age. She's a little. She's actually older sure, than me. So sure, sure, sure. Now, I find her attractive as an adult, right? <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not as, as Punky child, Brewster. Right, right, right. Well, she just played Punky Brewster again as an adult, so sure. I found her Not attractive. As a child, Punky Brewster, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, of course, she has been abused by her father John before and after. Uh, John's death. Her father's death. I'm sorry, yeah, because after her father's death. Um, Because she is, quote-unquote, pure, the Beast spares Casey's life, and she's rescued the next morning by the police. (sighs) Okay. Yeah, my my note was just that, you know, the the slow reveal of her backstory is just heartbreaking, right? Because when you understand all of it, it's just horrible. It's just horrible. Yeah. Okay, so rounding out the movie. Yep. In another hideout, Dennis, Patricia, and Hedwig discuss the power of the beast and their plans to change the world. This is, like you said, this is Christopher Reeve <laughs> in Superman the movie. Great. This is Andy Serkis, Gollum, and Smeagol that, arguing. That was literally the example I was just going to give. It's that good. And it. I love the use of the mirror, right? So Shyamalan takes the camera back and forth between the reflection and the and the direct shot of McAvoy. Oh no, it's two, it's two it's two mirrors. There's two separate mirrors oh, that he's two? looking. Yeah. Got it's it. it's it's fucking wonderful. It's, it's still brilliant, right? And, but McAvoy switching on the fly, right? It's not like where you're it's not like where you're shooting your sides, right? Well, what's so cool is the first couple of times it happens and I'd forgotten that we see the actual switch happen on camera, it's the pan over to the next mirror and then we see Patricia or or Dennis or Hedwig. Yeah. And then at one point he focuses on like the shaving mirror, the smaller mirror, mm-hmm. and we see the switch happen. You're like, oh fuck. That's great. I mean, it do yourself a favor. We'll I'll try and find it. Maybe we'll put it in the notes for this. There is footage of the Smeagol Gollum argument from Two Towers without special effects. And you're like, mm. Jesus Christ, why doesn't Andy Circus have an Oscar at this point? Does he not? No, he's never got an Oscar because it's all it, it's all performance capture, so they don't but, count that as a. Oh, that's ridiculous! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, he's he's never even been nominated. That is ridiculous. Yeah, he's another one. Once we pull the next MCU movie, we'll get to gush about his live action performance. Wow! Oh, because, I'm sure because he's Claw. Right, right. I was trying next. to remember. No, I was trying to remember where where we were at. Right, right, yeah. 
Oh my god! We've already seen Claw. We saw him in Ultron. Yeah, th- that's what I, okay, more of yeah. him. We'll see more of him. Got it. Yeah, I think eventually the Academy will just give him like a lifetime achievement award in like 10, 15 years. Or, or, or realistically, they're going to either create or expand the category to they, they reflect. Will, they will. Never that's gonna just happen. So, that's that is so dumb, right? That's the Oscars. Yeah, the Oscars kind of suck that way. <laughs> then we have a very quick news reporter kick in mm-hmm. at a Silk City Diner. Several patrons watch a news report on the Beast crimes, with correspondent mentioning that his numerous alters have earned him the nickname the Horde. Yeah. A waitress notes the similarity to a criminal in a wheelchair who was incarcerated 15 years earlier. And he gave him a funny name, too. What was it? She backs away, and holy shit, it's fucking Bruce Willis. What a twist! Sitting next to her and replies that it was... Mr. Glass. And that, dear TSPHC Army, is moving. Oh God! What a fucking pleasure that was. Wow, we we've definitely had some uh, lately. We had a rough. Yeah, it's been a mixed bag. We had it rough. It's been a mixed bag. But n- this is a good one. January, one. good month. Yeah. Hopefully February. Todd. Yeah. Is a good month. <laughs> what am I pulling tonight? We'll find out in a Green second. But before Lantern. we do that, oh sorry, you mother, <laughs> if you pull Green Lantern, <laughs> oh, I'm done. Funny. Holy Have fun finding someone else to host. The yeah, podcast with you. Right. I got. Uh, I'm sick. I'm sick. Oh, that was a movie. But we got some questions. Of course we do. Of course uh, we do. Hey, Todd. Yes. Who is your favorite character? So are we going to go, are we going to break down to the level of the altars? We can. Yeah, I'd say yes. Well, no. We'll, we'll, at the end, we'll do our favorite okay. altar. How about uh, that? So Kevin. Uh, I mean, you know, Kevin, the body of all the altars is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, and yeah. that's no slight to Anya Taylor-Joy as Casey, because she's wonderful, but this is James McAvoy's movie. 100 percent yeah he's on the poster yeah oh actually now that we're at the end if you take the unbreakable poster and you take the split poster you can line up the cracks in the glass that makes perfect sense yep and i think glass also fits in there I too think it does yep um yeah, what about you casey same oh it's yeah, the same yeah. yeah it's kevin yeah now casey best scene in the movie <laughs> <laughs> It's Kevin's first appearance. Kevin himself, when when Anya Taylor Joy, when, when Casey yeah. says Kevin Wendell Crumb, yep. and he comes out, it's just that that it it's the Hulk. It's the Hulk in Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. In the in the spaceship when he becomes when he becomes Bruce, it's Bruce being like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like, yeah. There, this is one of those movies. There's so much you can point to. I mean, uh-huh. the finale with the Beast is. Is you know it builds to something and it pays off. It gives us what we want. The 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 first time we see Patricia, the the when when we find out that it's um, Barry, not Dennis, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. like you know, there's so many great moments and and they're all they're all wonderful. I think you could point out any of them, and I'm not going to argue. Yeah. That's this is that kind of it's, movie. Like there's no weak there's no weak spots in the movie. Spoiler for my yeah. rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what what is there anything you would cut? No, no. It it's it's almost two it's, hours with the credits, like one fifty seven. It doesn't drag. It doesn't linger. It moves briskly. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, Shyamalan has a tendency to to pace his movies a little slower. If I really wanted to nitpick, I'd say maybe just tighten everything up, make it a make it a little tighter. Oh. But it 
it doesn't detract from the movie. Like if I had, I'm saying if I had to pick something. Okay, fair, fair. Okay. Um, and then finally, Casey, who is the actor having the most fun? I actually don't think it is um, McAvoy. This is, it must have been a very, I mean, anyone who's in the basement, I'm going to say no. Sure. Agree, agree. Because that is some tough shit they're doing. And, and this is, you know, I can't imagine that McAvoy is showing up, you know, casually and then dropping into character in a moment. Right? Like, this, I'm sure this movie was a lot of work. It, it, it pays off. It shows. Yeah. It shows, and he should have gotten more recognition for it. I'm going to say it's M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Have a, That's who it is. Absolutely. to have a fucking scene with Betty Buckley. Yeah, where they're talking about Hooters, right? Like, it's totally <laughs> it's fine. It's so good. Yeah. It's one of the best. Yeah. Yep. It's so funny. Absolutely. So, Casey, then, I love your idea. Who is your favorite alter? It's Dennis, even though he's really fucking uh, out there and twisted. It's, it's, the, it's the most nuanced character that he plays. Like, like, when he sits in the car in the beginning, and the first thing he does is take the trash off the yep. dashboard. With, with, a, and, with, like, a cloth around his fingers so he doesn't have to touch Yeah, because you're first like, oh, he's wiping his fingerprints. Yeah, but then like, you're like, oh, no, he's holding onto the steering wheel. He doesn't care about the fingerprints. It's not that. Yeah. But that's one of the things that points it out. When, he, when Barry goes to see Dr. Fletcher the second time, mm-hmm. or maybe it's even the first time, we see him walking up the stairs. Yeah. He has that yellow handkerchief oh, to open and close the door. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And he tucks it away. I'm like, ah, ha, ha, ha. you're not Barry. You're Dennis. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's a reason I love, and this is, I think, again, testament to McAvoy's performance. Each altar is such a distinct character. There's hundred percent. I mean, Patricia is frightening. She's not physically scary. The Beast is physically scary. Um, but Patricia is chilling because of her, like, amoral... Uh, willingness to feed these women to the to the beast, like they're they're all 100%. magical in their own way. Yeah, I, I can't, I yeah. can't, I don't have an answer for that. Oh come on. Um, I mean, Hedwig, Hedwig is funny, and it, Hedwig's great, and I, lo- I Hedwig's, love the uh, Hedwig is funny until Hedwig is not funny. Yeah, when he gets mad at at um Casey, Casey. and you're like, oh, this is a child's temper in an adult man. Yeah, it, it, and I do like the. I, I I do like recon- Casey recognizing him as the only chance she has is manipulating this nine year old, right? And her willingness 100%. to do it because of her understanding of the stakes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oof. oof, oof, oof. That was that was a that was a good poll. I mean, nothing to be upset about. Oh, oh, uh, sorry. The IMDb score for the movie. Yeah. Uh, do you remember from last time? We recorded. I remember being low. Ago. It was like six. Uh, seven point three. But Oof. I would say still no. Low. This is like a nine. Nine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. This is super fun. And, and, <laughs> and again, as fun as a movie about a person with DID uh, abducting and uh, killing and uh, teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Yeah. If you're okay with that, then yeah, it's a great movie. Um, Dad's Breakdown. We don't do that one anymore. You said you took it off there. Did I take it off there? It's not off my yep. sheet. Oh, all right. Well, when you listen to. Um, here at large, when it comes out this Friday, um, you'll hear me say this exact same thing. Okay. All right. You know what I got to do? Because I got to go to the master, the Google template that I that I use, uh-huh. uh, and I got to remove it there because I, I go to that template, and I make a copy, and then that. So I'm removing it from that template, and it's gone. So I'll never Making say that copies. again. All right. Saving. All right. Okay. So now, Casey, 
Now we're at that part of the night. Mm-hmm. My last pull for season four. Yeah. Thank God. Except for your birthday pick. Sure. That's not a pull. That's just a oh, pick. Oh, then I should not have had to pull this one because there's yeah, not 20 should. pulls. There's 18 pulls, so I should have only right. had to pull nine. And I'll only pull nine. Well, I should have only had to pull nine as well. I pulled 10. No, you didn't. Oh, no, you We right. started with... We th- <laughs> there you go. You, math's hard yeah, sometimes. Okay. Why am I the one who understood this math? What the fuck is it's happening? It's a long day. Okay. I have in my hands a slip here. Uh, oh, fuck. Oh, is it Green Lantern? No, it's so much worse. So oh. much worse. Fuck. Oh, fuck. It's a movie that doesn't belong in the helmet. Oh, fuck. I'm just going to say it. It's Dick Tracy. <gasps> God, what do you mean? Oh, this fuck. This movie's movie. so good. No, it's oh, no, you're it's terrible. Not. You're- this movie is hot garbage. Fuck. Oh, let's watch the trailer. Tracy! 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 It's like he's reading my mind. Extra, extra! Tracy Donald's move! I'm taking this bomb out of the headlines. I'm rubbing him out. Hey, Tracy, what's up? You take Tracy to me. I say we kill Tracy now. You challenge me, we all go down! Are you gonna arrest me? I want to know who killed Lips Manless. Not the bad! Not the bad! Big boy, not the bad! I know, and I'm gonna miss you, but... All's fair in love and business. Whose side are you on? Side I'm always on. Mine. Mine! What's the word of? This territory is my territory now. Everything he owns, I own! Move in and take your positions. Okay, boys, let's go. And you, guilty of attempting to bribe an officer of the law. She does some nifty undercover work. I think Tracy drives you crazy, doesn't he? I want Tracy dead! Tracy, let's get him! Good luck. You have just said goodbye to oxygen. Aren't you gonna frisk me? Stupid cop. Tracy? Warren Beatty is Dick Tracy. I own this movie in physical copy I, form. I am so disappointed in you knowing that. How oh. dare you? God, this, this has this. I, okay, now I can say it because yeah. I said, I'd wait, this, the songs in it, Steven Sondheim song. So fuck you for saying this is a bad oh, movie. That guy who hates melodies? Yeah, yeah. Fuck this movie. Fuck uh, Steven Sondheim. This movie has a, 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 sooner or later, has a great melody. <sighs> you bastard. Do not speak ill of the this dead. This movie sucks. Oh, I don't want to watch this 1990 stinker. God. Uh, I remember when it came out. I was doing summer stock theater and all of my nerdy theater friends were so excited about it and I was like, it fucking sucked. I remember going with all my friends to watch it that summer and being like, why do we care about this? Who? What is happening? Oh, God. It's got that kid from Hook. Oh, who gives a shit? Oh, my God. Wow. You're going hard on this yes. one. Yes. Oh, I hate this movie. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> I like this movie. Oh, well, That's good for you. I think this is where our age difference is going to come out. I mean, this came out when I was 10. Sure. Or 9. And I was 19. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get it. 
Okay. All right. Well, that'll be next. What's the IMDb score, you silly man? Uh, the IMDb score for this movie is a... One moment, please. 6.2. Okay. Okay. That's high. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. All right. Well, Casey, clearly at the end... Uh, we've got a real split here in terms of what we're how we're thinking about our next. Oh, split. a split, huh? A split. If our <laughs> if our audience wants to weigh in on one side or the other of that split, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, you can email us at superpodherocast at gmail because only Cap writes letters. Tony, music for our podcast comes to us from two places. Our theme song is "Take a Chance" by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com. So that'll do it for the Superpod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. Be heroic. Yeah. All right, man. Dick Tracy. Do, 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 do. Oh, Sooner or later, you're going to be mine. How dare do, you? Sooner or later. Now, the only problem is that the songs are sung by fucking Madonna. Combat, exploration, and roleplay. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons and Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest roleplaying game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters, execute your own adventures, design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the Fourth Pillar of Play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the Fourth Pillar of Play, Available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillaroflay.com. And we look forward to creating with you.